Wow. The first Sunday of Advent, winter temperatures coming in this week, the chance of snow flurries, maybe, maybe this week, Christmas just around the corner. Ah, what's your wish list this year? I thought we might get a little help from some children this year. Um, here's a wish list. Dear Santa, when it was Saturday, I thought I would try to be good the whole winter vacation, but it seems like I did not succeed. <laughs> Will you still give me a present anyway? And that's from Sophia, and she says Merry Christmas to Santa anyway. Or this one, Dear Santa, uh, I wish that you will bring me a little, I, really, I like this part, live puppy. <laughs> Remember to poke holes in the box. Thank you for bringing a lot of presents next Christmas. This is a little preemptive. Uh, I just want a little bit of presents uh, next year. Yeah, uh, so he's making, yeah, next Christmas, I just want a little bit of presents. Don't want to be too greedy. And that's from Rebecca, age six. Or this one. Uh, Dear Santa Claus, it's Claire again. She must have been wearing Santa out. But I'm, I'm writing uh, for my nine-year-old brother named Mitch. He wants a binder, binder hole puncher. And she adds, I want a hole puncher too. And, and a skateboard, but don't give the skateboard to him. And then she, she wants to clarify, Mitch is very kind-hearted, but has a bad temper. He also writes messy and doesn't like to read. Bye. And then we have a signature, Mitch. And then she adds, this is not his signature. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to show, you know, it is a, it's a different time now. It's a different time. Uh, I like this next one. Dear Santa, please text my dad. He has my whole list. I love you. I don't, I don't know if this child's name is Tennessee or this child is from Tennessee, but if you can't see that, it says Tennessee. And if you really want to know just how it's changed, by far the absolute best Christmas list I, from children I came across this year. Here it is. Dear Santa, how are you? I'm good. Here's what I want for Christmas. HTTP colon backspace backspace www.amazon.com backspace GP backspace. Yeah, there is exactly what this child wants. <sighs> First Sunday of Advent. Can we be open and honest about our hopes, about our wishes, about our dreams? The holidays are great if most of your life is great. And the Christmas season is exhilarating if most of your life is exciting, but we also know that for many people, the holiday season is extremely troubling and challenging and difficult. And the prophet Isaiah is a great companion for this Advent season. This year we'll be following the liturgical calendar and the Advent readings, and this year we're in year B, and the Old Testament readings bring us back to Isaiah. And Isaiah cries out. We have his list. He cries out for better times. He cries out for something to be different. We have a clear picture of his hopes and his dreams, and he wonders out loud, has, has God forgotten us? Has God 
abandon us. The community stands on the brink of losing its spiritual identity, and Isaiah stands as this mediator between these two parties, this relationship that's broken and ragged and frayed. As a prophet, he appeals to the people on behalf of God, and as a prophet, he appeals to God on behalf of the people standing in solidarity with them and asking out loud difficult questions. And so our reading this week comes from Isaiah chapter 64. It actually begins in chapter 63. It's a bit of a poem and a bit of a prayer and a bit of a lament. And we pick it up right in the middle Isaiah chapter 64, where he's asking tough questions and dreaming about how things can be. Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down, how the mountains would quake in your presence. As fire causes wood to burn and water to boil, your coming would make the nations tremble. Then your enemies would learn the reason for your fame. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations, and oh, how the mountains quaked. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. You welcome those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways. But you've been very angry with us, for we are not godly. We are constant sinners, how can people like us be saved? We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Yet no one calls on your name or pleads with you for mercy. Therefore, you've turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We all are formed by your hand. Don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us, we pray and see that we are all your people. Hopes and dreams and questions. Come down and shake the mountains, God. Make yourself known to the nations. Do the things you did in days of old when people really knew you were God. Can you feel the emotions in that text? God, if you would just do the things we heard you did in the past, if you would do more of that kind of stuff our ancestors told us about, if you would do more of that kind of God stuff, ah, then the people around us, they would really know who you are. They, they would really know what kind of God you are. They would finally believe the stuff we've been saying. And like us, Isaiah finds himself caught in the middle of contradictions and tension. God did that then. God did that for them. But, but what about for me? What about for us? What about now? 
In the past, O oh God, we heard what you did. What bold hope those children had on their wish list. And what bold hope Isaiah expresses on behalf of himself and the people. Oh, that you would come down, oh, in such a mighty way like you did before, and the mountains would quake, and, and, and everything would change, and, and everything would be put right again. So what are your hopes? What are your dreams? What do you really want God to do? I think that's worth thinking about. Maybe it's worth writing down and returning to it every day during Advent. Do you stay with that one? Does it change as we go week to week and, and we get closer? What is it that you really would like God to do? Or, or maybe another way to put it, who would you really like God to be this Advent? Let's begin there and see where it takes us, using Isaiah as that model. Her name was Young Kim, and she was born in Korea in 1948. She was five years old. Her country was divided north and south, and her family that was prosperous lost everything. Both of her parents died while she was a teenager. She lost her two older brothers just a few years later, and in her early 30s, she found herself immigrating to the United States. A bag of clothes, a few dollars in her hand, and a young toddler named Jay Kim, now a pastor in California. Her life is a story of struggle and grief and loss, and yet her pastor's son describes her as the most hopeful person he has ever met in all of his life. And he says, if you ask her why, the singular source of her hope she will always say is Jesus Christ. That when she met the risen Christ about 40 years ago, everything changed for her, and it wasn't about what was happening on the outside. It wasn't about her circumstances. It was because now there was something else in her life. Her hope is gritty. Gritty. That's what hope is. Peter and some of the disciples found themselves fishing after the death of their Lord. John tells us the story at the end of John's Gospel, chapter 21, and Peter and his friends are out on a boat and they are fishing, and the beloved disciple recognizes who it is on the shore giving them instructions, and he says to Peter, it is the Lord. And John tells us that Peter wraps his clothes around him, that outer garment. He wraps it around himself and jumps into the water and swims to shore. Hang on to that image. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter writes these words, Therefore, with minds that are alert, remember that word, therefore, with minds that are alert, and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. With minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus is revealed at his coming. With minds that are alert. 
And Peter uses the same root word that described him taking his clothes and tying them on tight. It's it's a word that was used at these ancient Near Easterners. And when you got to move fast, when it's time for action, you got to hitch up your skirts above your knees and you got to tuck them into your belt and tie them on tight because it's time for action and it's time. It's the same word that's used to describe what he's saying leads to hope. It's the same word that's used to describe Peter tying his clothes around his waist and jumping into the water. It's the same word that's used. This is what we do when we're looking for hope because sometimes hope is gritty. And Isaiah comes to the conclusion Maybe the problem isn't on God's side. Maybe it's on their side. Oh, that you would come down, O oh God. And then he confesses that we are constant sinners. And how can people like us be saved? In this season, Advent, it's the answer to that question. How can people like us, be saved? How can I be delivered? How how can I be changed? It was one week before Advent in 1943, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer has found himself in prison, and he needs gritty hope. He's found himself in prison because he was trying to do the right thing, opposing this Nazi regime, standing up to a church that has exchanged the gospel for nationalism, uh, trying to find a difficult path when all the right things were hard choices. November 21st, 1943, in prison he writes these words, life in a prison cell may well be compared to Advent. One waits, hopes, does this, that, or the other thing things that are of no real consequence, the door is shut and can be opened only from the outside. Matthew gives us the phrase, God with us. It also means we with God. There's something about this Advent story that goes all the way back to the heart of God revealed in creation that wants to be with creation. There's something about this image of Advent that says God is looking for this home with creation. That there's something about the love that God has that will not abandon creation. There's something about the love that God has that will not give up. There's something about the love that God has, the heart that God has, that says I will not just walk away from you, wherever you are, and whatever you're experiencing. So here's the reminder. Isaiah confesses, well, we are the clay. God's refusal to dance our dance doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. It's a call to a deeper faith. It's a call to a mature theology 
not just simplistic belief. It's a call to discipleship, not consumer theology. Give me what I want because I want it, because I think I need it. And the ultimate example is Christ himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Christ child all grown up. Abba, Father, take this cup from me. Not my will, but yours be done. Advent compels us to confess our fears and our anger and our hope and our sin. And Isaiah doesn't end there. It's very um, unusual to find the image of God as Father in the Old Testament. We're accustomed to it from the New Testament. You don't find that language often in the Old Testament. But there it is twice in Isaiah 63 and 64. And Isaiah won't let go of it. He brings it back with this phrase, and yet, but now, wait a minute. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we have turned our back on you. Yes, we have forgotten you. Yes, we are not godly. Yes, you have left us to our own devices. And, and yet, and yet, you are our Father, God with us, and we with God. Maybe we should think of Advent as that little phrase, and yet, and yet, it's not over. The biblical text is very clear that God has a dream for the world. Have we lost our dream for the world? Have we lost God's dream for the world? Have we lost our confidence in God's dream for the world? So what's your wish list this Christmas season? The Advent response is that it moves from the wish list here's what I want, to I am the clay and you're the potter. What is it that God wants to do for you, with you, and through you? Every Christmas over Macy's front door in New York City, we have the words, believe. But believe what? Believe in what? So where's your faith this Christmas? In whom do you believe? 
And what is it that you find yourself believing in a pandemic? And what do you find yourself believing about the future? Hear the words of the prophet Isaiah. And yet, O oh God, you are our Father. Let's pray. And so, Lord, we give to you this day our wish list. Some of it's very personal. Some of it's a little painful. Some of it's a little frivolous and selfish. But remind us that we are the clay. Shape us, mold us, and use us. Because of what you're doing through the Christ child. Amen. And we give you the opportunity to hear the words of the prophet Isaiah. It's time for all of us to repent. It's time for all of us to repent and to say, we're not doing it our way anymore. It's time for me to do it God's way. It's time for me to listen to the heart of this God of love who says, I want to be involved with all of creation and I want to be involved in, in your life as well. We give you the chance to reflect on the words of the prophet. We give you the chance to invite Christ to come into your life. It's very simple, an act of prayer, an attitude. What does it mean to put Christ first? What does it mean to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to say, I, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need forgiveness. I need help. I need direction. And I need a new vision for what God is doing in our world. Will you stand as we pray and worship and follow our Lord. Thank you.